Coming up this week, a special edition of Breaking Badness. This episode has a special cast of characters, including Daniel Schwabe, Sean McNee, Taylor Wilkes-Pierce, Tim Helming, and Kelsey LaBelle. The crew sat down around a small table in person to discuss a myriad of topics ranging from Taylor Swift to the Artemis launch. And finally, we played a fun new game, InfoSec Gold, Guidance, and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. We're recording today on November 16th, 2022. With me today, we have Timmy on the spot helming, Tay-Tay today, Sean Lawnmower McNee, Dan Not The Man, I'm going to disagree with that, and Kelsey, your name. We've got, we're actually in person, we're coming to you from Dot Studio at the Domain Tools office. (laughs) Sean, in the spirit of, uh, well, the way that you contract IPv6 addresses to make them shorter, and they still make sense. Shouldn't you just be Sean Mower? Uh, yes. With Sean with Mower, a colon, yeah. two colons in there between Sean, Sean Mower, Sean yeah. Mower. Well, so I'm not giving away any extra PII here. I've not used Lawnmower as a password anywhere, but Lawnmower was the middle name of a cat that I had in second grade. I don't know which is greater, that that was the name or that your cat had a middle name. Yeah, it was Samuel Lawnmower McNee. And so I thought I had to... Note to self, uh, Sean's security questions may contain the word lawnmower. <laughs> nope, I've chosen not to, so I could just have it for this wonderful episode of Breaking Bad. That's that's kind of like the, the phony names that I do make up for my... Uh, what was your pet's name and everything. I have a great time with those. Um, not, but I haven't picked that specific one, so no, you're not going to be able to bust into my account with that. And how many passwords did you have to change before you told us this, Sean? Like I said, zero. <laughs> I, I have not used it. I do not plan to use it. Uh-huh. I like to have more like digits and dashes and semicolons. What was that cat's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> what was Social that cat's first number. grade teacher? No questions, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so good to have everyone here in person. And we're back in our special special room, which is intended. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us spend time in special rooms. We spend a special room with the the white padded walls that are supposedly... She's not joking. (laughs) It's true. It's supposed to help with the acoustics, but I'm worried one day I won't be able to walk out of this room. (laughs) It is true that in the fall of 2019, we did decide to soundproof a room to record the podcast in, and then three months later had to... Nailed that timing. (laughs) Before I make any major room decisions, I'm going to take that as a prediction for what's coming in the the next year. (laughs) So what you're saying is you caused the pandemic. Thanks a lot. (sighs) Well, the truth is out there now. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we better just end this. (laughs) It's been real, folks. (laughs) They won't let me out of the room. Somebody come. (laughs) Somebody help. (laughs) I'm afraid I can't do that, Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) They said they wanted to record a podcast. That's what they said. This was a honeypot. (laughs) Open the podcast bay doors. Oh, yes. Well, I think, you know, we're going to we're going to be a little loosey goosey in our episode today. And rather than uh, unlike our usual completely buttoned down episodes, totally buttoned up. We're actually joking earlier. We were like the only way this could be a serious podcast if it was, in fact, on 
the serious radio stations. That's the only way this this would ever be serious. Tom Hanks, you want to hook us up? T. Hanks, Bill Belichick, anyone? Special hoodies? Um, so, but today we're just gonna kind of chitter chatter, and and shoot the shoot, if Take you will. Advantage of this time that we have together. The special is, time, yeah. kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna do a rendition of "For the Longest Time." We worked on the harmonies, right? Y'all worked on the harmonies. <coughs> yeah, and they, we snap on the off beats, not on the on beats. No, we learn something every day. Looking at you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have an opening question for you all, given. Just given the world as it is today, I thought this might be a good opportunity to process what we're experiencing on the internet. There's been a lot going on recently. This is a place to share. uh, Should we have a background of some like Zen music going while we process? Water over rocks. I think so. Can you hear the sandbox? Just microservices just being shut off one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Picture your microservices shutting down. <laughs> I would like to register a complaint. That bird is dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else has been happening? Did anybody yeah, get Taylor Swift tickets? this is the elephant in the room, huh? <laughs> no, I, I didn't get Taylor Swift tickets, no. Did you, Daniel? I was denied. I was on the, like, pre-friend registry, and then what? the last minute they sent me a thing like, sorry, you're not in the queue. So. How could she do that? Some, some person... Offended. Somebody with a, the alias Lawnmower purchased all the tickets. <laughs> uh, no comment, but I do understand that some tickets are going for as high as $2,000. One million dollars! Huh. Yeah, um, it's, it's not often that Ticketmaster gets a hug of death from people just wanting to buy tickets, but people love their Taylor Swift, like... Wow. Who knew that an InfoSec star was that big a star? Right? It's folklore. (laughs) You know, Swift on security, if you're listening, if you can hook a guy up, it's for my daughter, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were were kind of half-joking earlier um, because there's been uh, some significant... uh, There's some articles, actually, about how much Taylor Swift cares about security. Is that right? Yeah, her her team does a lot of interesting things to try to protect her IP. I mean, this is an artist who bothered to re-record all of her old albums because the rights were bought by, I forget who, but it was somebody she was not happy with. So she's clearly willing to go to extremes to protect what's hers, right? In one of the articles I just read, uh, she had a pre uh, pre-release like a demo version of a song that was on an iPad locked in a suitcase. And so when they played it, they would open up the suitcase, play the song from the iPad. The person could think about it. They would lock it away and take it. So, like, trying to really protect her IP. Taylor Swift has a nuclear football. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have a a new theory behind her song, I Knew You Were Trouble. I think it's actually about threat actors. Um, It was not about a previous lover. That's my belief. So we're going to analyze all Taylor Swift songs and looking for the hidden messages. I bet you there's a story there. <laughs> if you take the first letter from each <laughs> verse, we'll get a, a salted hash that we can use, and in it we will have the answer well, to the universe. Well, we should try them as a clear text password first, but if that doesn't work, then, yeah, we can move on to other things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to get back to Ticketmaster, you'd think that they 
would be elastic enough to grow to meet capacity for large events. And they kind of had forewarning about Taylor Swift wanting to do the stadium tour. Yeah, she's been popular for a while, no? Yeah, yeah so it's it's kind of an interesting... Well, you know, they book 30 to 40 NFL stadiums last minute all the time, right? So <laughs> I'm sure... <laughs> Right, so this is—I mean, the, seriously, this is a you know capacity planning question and a you know security operations question, and it's like how how can Ticketmaster not do this? It's in their best interest for this to work, right? I, yeah, who's their cloud provider? <laughs> no idea. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah g- being DDoSed by your own uh, customers is not in most companies threat model but it should be in theirs because they do these things yeah but in this case they were swiftly taken down <laughs> that's some vigilante shit did you just earn us the explicit rating for this episode I did worth it for the pun worth it for the allusion to her tracks yep we're good for the record <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah I mean we have a lot to learn I guess from from Taylor Swift on security. It sounds like both Swift on security and Taylor Swift on security. I wonder if the two of them have met. Are we sure there are two? Dun, dun, dun! I know. I actually... In the same uh, room at the same time, right? Well, I can't be the only person who's always sort of... I mean, you know what, what it is, but I just... I wish that it actually were Taylor Swift. I mean, I want it to be. Like, there's a, there's a happy universe that I live in where that actually is Taylor Swift just moonlighting. The anti-hero. That would be the world's busiest person to know that much about Windows internals all the time. <laughs> and then also be a multi-platinum megastar recording artist. I believe it. I, I think it, it inspires her music. Yeah. <laughs> well, how could it not? <laughs> For example, I think she wrote the line about Starbucks lovers uh, late night in the data center. Making like <laughs> a caffeine run. <laughs> oh, golly. Well, outside of Taylor... Um, there's some puny stuff that's been happening. Has there not? Is this where we make Wait, a small world joke? Wait, you need to joke? sigh closer to the mic there, Sean. Uh, yeah, well, so, <laughs> you know, if we already got the explicit rating before, right? Now we're going to have, like, um, you know, the, the lawyers come ask for copyright violation. Well, not us. Uh, the Disneyland crew, right? Because why not name your operation after Disney because they don't have lawyers to, to happiest place on earth yeah <laughs> uh, this is the happiest crimeware game on earth we want to have just a real low profile threat actor <laughs> we're just going to call ourselves the Disneyland group I mean we'll just fly under the radar no one will think about us at all <laughs> I mean they are subordinate to the Disney World crew so Disneyland came first yeah so what have they been up to but yeah, so this is a Krebs on Security article uh, talking about the Disneyland crew creating a whole bunch of domains to impersonate uh, banking and other websites to do credential st- uh, stealing. So the crew would actually spin up websites that really look like good phishing attempts, and they would have domain names that are puny code encoded characters of real domain names. So these have like umlauts over letters or dots under or a you know, Cyrillic version of a character to try to impersonate a real brand. And they would actually have you log into their version, pass the credentials through to the actual website, and kind of man-in-the-middle attack to kind of steal the credentials to do bad things later, like 
empty your bank account or order things on your behalf. No. They wouldn't do that. No, never. (laughs) I mean, if only there were ways to look up information about these domains and find out more about them, uh, wouldn't that be handy? Somebody really ought to do that. Like a tool or something. <laughs> so, so now we're going to do a first uh, for podcast radio, so to speak, uh, a live play-by-play of Taylor running Domain Tools Iris Investigate to find out more about these uh, domains that are involved in this. So what have you got for us, Tay? Sure. Well, there are lots of, uh, obviously, lots of banking imitation domains. Uh, but I started with one of the domains from the blog post from Mr. Krebs, uh, an, Amer- an Ameriprise spoofing domain with a couple of Unicode letters in it. So it's an XN dash dash, you know, the English or the regular characters, and then you have dash and then the replacements uh, for where your Unicode characters go. Uh, and off of that, we found an interesting email address from a Whois record. And I've been going around telling people that Whois is still very useful in 2022, uh, despite the impacts of some of the privacy laws that have come into effect over the last few years. Uh, in this case, it looks like our threat actors were registering stuff in the clear using uh, a single email server to register a couple hundred plus, about 290 or so domains look like that are tied to that email server. Uh, Winox, winocs.com. Do not visit that. Uh, um, there's a number of aliases. So it looks like they're siloing some of their stuff with the aliases. Uh, so like one email address here uh, is tied to like, uh, let's see, an Ashley Sarah. Uh, and that one's certainly a real name. Absolutely. Well, look, I trust everything I read on the internet, especially I trust everything from Whois Records. Um, <laughs> and like that email address itself is tied to ten spoofing domains. And then there's a Marily Rosario. And here, let's go into the stats pane. We can see all the names: Stacy Katz, Renee Johnson, Christopher Burnham, Allison Dubisar, uh, Stephanie Edmondson, Michael Payne. Yeah, just. All get lumps of coal in their stockings this year. Every last one of them. And they're all... Tay-Tay, there, there is no Samuel Lawnmower, is there? Let me take a look. Well, there's a lot of names here. Uh, nope. No, no Samuel Lawnmower. No. Shucks. <laughs> Taylor, I'm impressed. Do you have, like, 20-20 vision, would you say? Very poor vision. Really? Yeah. Well, how are you reading all this stuff? It's so puny. No! <laughs> it's a puny world after all. So so now, how many domains are there here? Like, what's what's the scope of this? Uh, 295 are tied to that particular email server, and there's a number. Again, it's they're siloed by their aliases, but the email server itself seems to be the common... Uh, through through point for all of them. Now, look, this is like when you're doing this type of a pivot, it's a, it's broad. Uh, but I will say that it's a like average age is 200 days, so everything is from within the last year or so. So that lines up. It's all the same registrar, same hosting patterns as the as the domains that we're looking at in the Krebs article, and they're all a lot of them are all variations on that on a banking theme. Uh, you know, the he talked about a U.S. Hank. Which is a, I know, I know, but that was around since March 2022. Uh, there's also, I'm looking at one registered over the summer called Rural Hank, um, which is kind I of think a, I knew him. Yeah, like a farmers only. Daniel, you're familiar with Hank, are you not? I'm beginning to suspect that my dog may secretly be a cybercrime mastermind. <laughs> Hopefully, not your password. Uh, pay the rent. <laughs> Oh, and below Rural Bank, there's RuralBark.com, also registered. It is the dog. Yep. There we go, smoking gun. Ah. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dan just had to leave very quickly. (laughs) 
believe you said something about going to catch the, the call the dog catcher. <laughs> yeah, so just a way to, through which you can view, uh, you know, their infrastructure. And, you know, Krebs is, has got a lot more details on the internals of their operation, meaning like, hey, what, what do they do when they get you? What specifically uh, is their methodology for uh, creating more victims? But on our side, we see the domain registration patterns kind of clear as day. Uh, and they're all tied together. Nice tight grouping of a couple hundred phishing domains. Yep. Well, credit where credit's due. If you look inside the, the Krebs article, right, he does uh, reference Alex Holden from Hold Security oh. as kind of bringing this to the forefront. So Krebs is reporting on work that Alex did. Rock and roll. I, I can't remember if this was that article or, or something else, but was it? Look, there was something I saw recently that was like 42,000 domains. Is, that, is this, this one or is that a different article? I only see 295, <laughs> and there's maybe 20 of 20 or so in the Krebs article that they they posted a little IOC list. Yeah, then it um, was it was some other reference, but it was some some massive amount. I I do think it was like 40 something thousand uh, spoof domains, but they may not have all been related to the same campaign. Taylor, uh, can I ask you a personal question? Go for it. When you are pivoting through Iris, are there like little fun mental sound effects that happen are you like absolutely i figured yeah I, every single time more like laser noises uh can you recreate please not at all no but we're, it's, we're like in, in dark mode, so it's very like we're in space <laughs> no, the gremlins are not involved in iris we don't I let them in iris i don't believe i think the the 80s gremlin no is there any spoof any look-alike for the gremlin film domains your favorite your favorite movie of all time one oh. might argue well, look, no, it's not. Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie of all time. Gremlins oh. is number two. <laughs> Note to self, secret question, answer for Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. No, I'm kidding. It's a lie. See, it's, it's not you, it. You liked that movie because of uh, the car and that was your first car, right? What was that making model? <laughs> <laughs> Pontiac Firebird. Ooh. What year? <laughs> 1973. What's your mother's maiden name? I... On top of the head, I don't know. I'd have to go give her a call. What is it this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, once we're done sussing out all my recovery password uh, questions, then... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, the interesting thing is they're all tied to a single email server, the Winox uh, domain, which was registered a couple years ago. Um, so it's tough to tell. Did they, like, glom onto this thing and they just found a way to generate email addresses and aliases off of it? Or do they also own and operate that? And that's what they're using to spin up all of this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at this for the first time over the last hour or so since we've seen it. But certainly tons of Punicode spoofing. Interesting. That, like, that's definitely on the on the rise. I think just all spoofing in general. We'll get to predictions later. But, like, that type of, of spoofing seems to be, um, you know, I think – uh, more commonplace than I mean I remember five years ago it was so novel that someone like registered that remember the fake looking Apple one with the Ukrainian A versus the regular A and we were like oh crap you could do that <laughs> oh goodness uh, and now we are kind of really pushing they're ex threat actors are exploring the space the puny code space and there you have it, the first real-time play-by-play on the air of Iris Investigate thanks to Mr. Taylor Wilkes-Pierce yeah well so you know as part of Punicode stuff, it's worth mentioning that in web browsers today, as you surf, you know, you will see Punicode characters displayed in the title bar. You can make changes to turn that off. So in Firefox, you can explicitly turn that off. Chrome has a variety of security settings and checks that they do to automatically determine if they want to show 
uh, the actual rendering through Unicode or switch over to Punicode. So from when this first kind of came on the scene in 2018, 2017 till now, like browser vendors have done a lot of work in order to help people be secure, but there's still, of course, more work to do. And, you know, we at Domain Tools, we, we monitor this stuff very, very closely. Sean, for those who aren't familiar, what makes the code puny? It's a small world. It's smaller than the big code. <laughs> they just use a really small font when they're writing it. What is this? A domain for ants? <laughs> there's online, there's e-hanking services, so your dog's still at it. <laughs> Sorry, some of these are funny. I... <laughs> He's clearly got a good sense for business. He's diversified. Yep. When you said stop barking, you're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe it, took Maybe it was the right tree after yeah. all. <laughs> Well, what else is happening on the internet? We got we got Taylor Swift, we have Disney Punicode. It's it's been pretty quiet lately, right? Nothing's really going on. No, everything's stable on the like the social media front. Nothing there. Uh, geopolitics, pretty quiet. Yeah. It's as calm as it's ever been, right? Poland's in a good spot. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I mean, do we dare discuss the extinct elephant in the room? Must, oh. must do be. it, darn it. What's that smell? I think Graham Cluley was the first person I heard say it, but probably others did, uh, that uh, who would have guessed that the world's richest man would spend $44 billion to promote Mastodon? <laughs> My favorite tweet that I've seen, which is a parody account for NSA Public Relations, is instead of going to therapy, man buys Twitter. <laughs> you know, it, everyone's got to have their own process, right? <laughs> That's true. Don't knock it till you tried it. When's the last time you bought and tanked a social media company? Microservices? What's that? We don't need them. <laughs> I mean, if they're that small, they must not be very important. They're like Punicode, really. Circle gets the square. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of Mastodon, um, Tim, I think you had found this. The... Um, the A colon DNS record, double A colon battery, triple A colon battery, quad A DNS record. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Whoever came up with that, our hats are off to you. I'll go buy a hat so I can put it on and then take it off on your behalf. What else are you all seeing? Has everyone here joined Mastodon? Is everyone signed up? Anyone else? Oh, signed? yeah. Yeah. So looking at hands around the room, yeah. it looks like, yeah, I think we're at 100% mastodonage in this room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, even even domain tools, right? The corporate accounts we have, those we're all Why not? moved uh, over to. To say nothing of breaking badness. That's right. That's right. Actually, I'm going to join uh, Masta Up. <laughs> well, and hopefully you still like it so you don't end up ultimately joining Mastodoth. This conversation is just master dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it's been a tough week for all of us, I think. What do you all like about it? I mean, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? Well, in, in some way, I will say I actually do kind of like it because 
even though there's been people that have been on Mastodon for like like five, last five to seven years, and some of them are grumpy. It's like, what are you all doing here? Go away again. Eternal. Uh, but uh, you kind of have to rebuild your followership, and it's a bit of an equalizer. I mean, the, the you know the heavyweights of Infosec certainly have come onto the platform, have quickly gained followers, but they're not up to the hundreds of thousands. So it's a little bit more of an equalizer in terms of getting out there and you know, making a name. So that's uh, I like that aspect. I also do like the um, concept of the Fediverse and having the different instances and having your local feed of your local instance, and then you can follow people at in, on other instances. So I think your your feed is more useful, and there's no algorithms that uh, promote certain things for money, and so therefore uh, I can curate my feed for stuff that I actually want to see much more easily than I ever could on Twitter. I got to say, it's been really interesting over the last couple of weeks. And as we're recording this, you know, it's been, what, about two weeks, I think, roughly, since uh, since all this started to go down. And it has felt like being at a, a party or something like that where you see people arriving and, and every day there's like, oh, hey, so-and-so just joined. They just walked into the virtual room, so to speak. You see the people that you used to follow over on that other, the bird site, and now they're walking into the uh, elephant site. And um, and it's been really fun to see people showing up and populating it. So I agree, it's uh, it's much more focused. Uh, what I have in my feed is just really, I, I don't have only InfoSec people, but it's mostly InfoSec. But it's very refreshing to have the timeline kind of make more sense compared to what I thought it would be. It does feel like the cozy basement of InfoSec Twitter. Oh, <laughs> you know what I think is kind of ironic is given the the elephant usage for Mastodon that you have more characters, you know, your messages don't get trunk aided. Oh, you were waiting for that one. That's a good one. Although uh, an elephant is massively bigger than a bird. So it also kind of makes sense. Oh, my gosh. It's all coming together. 11,000 is a lot. I mean, I saw speculation about who's going to be the first person that gets Minecraft to run inside a toot. That's what they call them? <laughs> you didn't know that? Uh, yeah, just th here's a real-time reaction. Yes, they are called toots. I'm going to go delete my account. <laughs> that explains the, the mobile app. Weren't, you, weren't we laughing about that yesterday, Taylor? Yeah. We're like, what's this toot yeah, app? Yeah, toot boot Oh, then here's the Mastodon toot app. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that is kind of falling out of favor, but it is certainly what it was called and what still people refer to it. Toot it. I mean, is it just honest? We're all full of hot air. <laughs> but actually, this is an interesting point uh, and maybe useful to some listeners here. And I have not installed any of the mobile apps, but apparently the user experience is of various Mastodon mobile platforms. The official one is kind of the worst one, and there are some third-party ones that are much better. And one of them is, what, it's like toot with three O's or something, toot. I believe. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that, if you're new to this platform, that is something to check out for real. Uh, do a little bit of research on which of the mobile apps people like the best, because apparently it's not the official one. And, you know, that may change. I mean, I'm sure they'll, they'll be uh, updating it. But, um, but there's all kinds of, like, everybody's learning about this in real time. I certainly appreciate the ability to edit my toots, and I didn't have to pay $40 billion for that. Well, when you're writing 11,000 characters at a time, there's 
undoubtedly there's going to be something in there you want to go fix. Hey, by the way, you know, for Taylor Swift, in case she's listening, uh, we realized earlier, Fediverse and Metaverse kind of rhyme, so work with that. We know she's listening. and Just a little professional advice. Just some advice. I know she needs it. You know, she's really struggling. I mean, we're like halfway to a chorus there or a hook or something, so, I mean... I'm sure she'll have it soon. We'll accept the royalties. One <laughs> percent, just one percent. I That'd think be that's just gracious fine. of us, honestly. It's pretty gracious. Well, I mean, okay. In in all seriousness, there has been a lot going on, and I'm just curious with all of the geopolitical events, with the economic downturn or the the signals of economic downturn. What are what are some responses we're seeing in the security world. What are those trends looking like? Well, I mean, one meta-commentary we can talk about, if we want to be serious for a second, is talk about the Ukraine war and realize that this conflict really is the first cyber war. Right? Yes, it's an actual war, but this is the first full-on conflict where cyber has been a core part of it from the beginning. And we actually probably won't know all the details about how botnets or Trojans or other uh, other ways of, of fighting your enemy is done virtually as opposed to kinetically or how the two have been intertwined, right? Other than knowing that, you know, we're going back to Musk again, right, with the satellites being useful for uh, the Ukrainians to continue to fight. But there's there's a whole lot more here that we don't know about, and I'm curious to see what we'll learn about if ever on that and, and the other thing I saw a fascinating presentation about this at a conference a few weeks ago but this is also the first war where um, the information campaign in the form of social media primarily um, and not just talking about uh, disinformation and misinformation the bots and whatnot but also the way that uh, social media, the way that the messaging has been handled in this war has been absolutely fascinating. And the way that, the, that Ukraine has used everything from memes to live, you know, live video uh, streams and whatnot to control the message, and they really have controlled the message. Here's the little David against the Goliath. Uh, not only Goliath in pretty much every numerical respect, but, but also that has, through the Internet Research Agency and whatnot, has really in many ways controlled information space for years. Suddenly, here's the little David in Ukraine absolutely controlling the message around this war, and it's been amazing. Good marketing. <laughs> yeah, for real, and it's saving lives. Important. Yeah, in all seriousness, that's, yeah, there's, there's truth. There's truth in advertising there, it seems. So, yeah, what, well, what else? What else is looming it can it can be serious, like the radio station. We, we can go there, and we can come back. It's time to emotionally boomerang people. Take them on a ride on a Disneyland roller coaster, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, I did hear that uh, 2023 is the year of IPv6. Oh, we're still two years away from being two years away. <laughs> uh, Artemis? Artemis launch? Oh, right? Artemis. Uh, talk uh, to us about it. I happened to be up to catch some of that live uh, and got to see one of the biggest rockets take off from Cape Canaveral in a long time. It's a kid that grew up in Florida, uh, whose dad grew up on the Space Coast, and I spent time, my 
uh, with my grandmother uh, right across the Indian River from uh, from Cape, Cape Kennedy there, uh, Cape Canaveral rather, and got to see a lot of launches as a kid growing up. Watching that last night was pretty neat, uh, knowing that we're going to be sending something around the moon again is pretty exciting. Do they have, and I got to go back and, and watch this, so as we're recording this, this was just last night that the launch happened, but there must be, like, are they live streaming cameras from the thing? It's obviously an unmanned mission, so it's not the same thing as, like, when SpaceX has the camera on the crew the whole time. But do they have real-time, like, hey, look out the window and see where Artemis is right now? Yeah, so I'm looking at a tweet from, from NASA. It says, while the Artemis is uncrewed, a mannequin named Com- Man- Commander Munikin Campos is among the test devices flying aboard the NASA Orion. Spacey McSpaceface? Oh, honors NASA engineer Arturo Campos, who helped bring uh, Apollo 13 crew safely home to Earth. This looks, uh, is this live? It's just, it's kind of boring. Got to be honest, it's just, it's just a mannequin kind of at a fake thing. You know, this, you know, this is, people think the moon landing is fake. They're going to think this is fake because this just looks... <laughs> It looks like it's shot in someone's basement. Uh, they kind of should. They missed an opportunity to put uh, Chewbacca in the right seat there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, by all accounts, super successful launch. I mean, just the shot, the footage of it uh, over the Indian River there looked amazing. Uh, if, if you've ever seen a night launch. Uh, there, it is something else, especially right when it's taking off. You just get so much flame, and it just the river's right there, and just all reflected, and and you know, it, it's a really powerful thing. Um, but just, like, just beyond happy to see that we're uh, putting stuff into space again. <laughs> we're talking with Breaking Badness space correspondent Taylor Wilkes Pierce, and uh, tell us about this rocket. How how big is this rocket compared to like the other things we've all seen on TV? Uh, it is bigger than all of them put together. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's big. It's this a little, big. It's a little smaller uh, than the Saturn V, but it, it's bigger than most of the stuff that goes off. And bigger than the shuttle. Uh, good question. The, I mean, the shuttle is always weird because of the way it was designed. I don't know that the height-wise, but I think the lift capability is, a, is bigger than what they had on that. Um, and, and you know, certainly. Like what we see with all uh, a lot of the launches is, hey, we want to go to get to low Earth orbit. So this one, this one's trying to get all the way out and all the way to the moon and back, uh, w- which is uh, atypical <laughs> and very cool. Is it going to drop any stuff off there? Or, they uh, do have a bunch of cubesats and some some science experiments going on uh, for folks who like. There was just a big uh, hurricane that rolled through that region. They made the decision not to roll the Artemis back into the vehicle bay uh, because they said, well, the winds are going to be like 65 miles an hour, and this thing's rated to withstand 85-mile-an-hour winds, and so why not? Let's test it. So they did. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's not that much of a margin, really. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, they trusted those weather forecasters. They really did. Uh, <laughs> what I do want to know is, though, are they going to drop a Waffle House on the moon? I think that's in there. But I was reading that uh, it, it had to, it's, you know, the weather's got to be just right for these things. You scrub a lot of these launches, and they had all these little science experiments and these little CubeSats and stuff. And some of their word that some of they was sitting on the launch pad for so long, and some of the batteries died. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh. they did scrub a bunch of Artemis launches, right? Wasn't it supposed to originally go, what, in September, there August? Was, some, somewhere way back. There were some production issues, then there's been weather issues. Uh, and yeah, they finally just said, we're going to put this thing out there in a hurricane, and then we're going to take off. <laughs> they just very, very Florida of them. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> kind of epic Florida stuff there from the NASA team. Um, but, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, also, someone I was reading somewhere that they had to replace an Ethernet switch somewhere there 
like about an hour and a half before the launch that, that was delayed because there was a, a broken like inside the vehicle no 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 no, no. somewhere uh yeah leading out to the the launch area there is the mannequin wearing jorts let me take a look did you say shorts or jorts? No. Oh, definitely jorts. No, the mannequin does it's not. It's not a Floridian. There could be jorts in the fake spacesuit thing that it's wearing. I would hope that they would. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Jorts you can tell it's in the universe, not the metaverse, because the mannequin does have legs, right? In my headcanon, ma- the mannequin definitely has Crocs on. Naturally. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be up there for a while. You might as be. you, you got to be comfortable. So when are they talking about sending a crewed mission on this uh, vehicle? I believe we're still a number of years away from that. I think this was the, uh, let's see, cruise. I mean, I know it's not like right around the corner, but like maybe a year or two or four, five, six. Artemis 3 is supposed to be a crew that goes up and just circles the moon. Like they take pictures and see what's on the dark side, right? And then four is supposed to be. Three is the landing. So three is the landing. Artemis 2, theoretically going to be 2024. uh, Well, I think that's the one to loop around. Mm -hmm. Artemis 3 is a lunar landing in 2025. Oh. That's not really that far away. I mean, you know, no. most of you, you're doing your fiscal planning for that year uh, at this point anyway, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, always. I'm always thinking that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. Well, I think, um, you know, we it's probably time to, to wrap up this episode, this special episode we're all together and so I wanted to ask everyone if they'd like, you know, if you feel free to, to opt in or out of any of this list, but I'd be curious for folks, InfoSec Gold, Guidance, and Grievances. So if there are any of those things, Gold, Guidance, or Grievances, that you want to share with our listeners, let's maybe go around the room. Let's start with Daniel. Daniel's the farthest from the mic, or, or because he's farthest from the mic, maybe he gets to pick when he gets to go. Um, I won the coin flip and I pass. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you defer to? <laughs> Let's, um, Tim, why don't we start with you? Gold guidance or grievances? Wow. Well, the grievances would be really easy to come up with uh, pretty quickly, and I'm not going to do that. We're a positive podcast here. Um, but coming up with, well, InfoSec Gold, okay, I mean, I'm... Maybe this is me sort of copping out here, but I'm going to say the migration of so many uh, awesome people over to Mastodon so quickly to make it uh, at least like infosec.exchange, and this is probably true for the IOC one. I forget what the full name is of that one. uh, To make it such a great place to hang out online, to me, that is infosec gold. Shucks. All right, Sean, how about you? Um, I don't I don't know what this falls under, but uh, guess what, everybody? Emotet is back. No, I have a grievance about that. <laughs> right, right. You know the, the people that brought you Trickbot and Ransom, other ransomware. Right, that's they are back. They they disappeared. What the summer, the spring? Did they just like take vacation or? Were they like kind of kicked off because of Very the fluid state or with what? these but, crews? Yeah, <laughs> but but the world's world's you know most loved, most hated ransomware, right? Emotet has returned, so that's I don't know. That's coming to a botnet near you. <laughs> Would you say that's job security? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's not good. Daniel, gold guidance grievance. Uh, I don't know about gold, but. Uh, 
guidance, I would actually, I would say definitely lock down your stuff, people, because as we're heading potentially into some kind of recession, I think cybercrime is going to double down. And when people are worried about stuff, they maybe to pay less attention. So you got to lock down your stuff. And in terms of grievances, I hope 2023 will be the death of the second factor over SMS. I had a conversation recently with a good friend of mine. She's sort of the uh, preeminent um, expert on SIM swapping, and it like didn't allow me to sleep for a couple nights because it is just so prevalent and for bad guys so easy. Like if you're still receiving uh, second factor over SMS, you gotta seriously consider changing vendors. There are some banks out there that shall remain unnamed that are still doing this today, and I write them emails like once a quarter say like you need to knock this off is sim swapping going like back and forth between like splunk and qradar or <laughs> that's one version of it but it's uh, <laughs> a hell of a lot more expensive than the actual one i thought it was where oh, you were yeah. trading little characters uh from that uh that simulation video game meet the oh, sims oh what a throwback way back you know they I, have a whole city People had all kinds of info about that on their MySpace pages. I mean, it is Thursday, so good throwback Thursday there. It's Wednesday. People don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> she said oh, the well. date at the top of the episode. <laughs> Anybody else? Did, Tay, did you do yours? Gold Cadence uh, Grievance. My airing of grievances. Is it Festivus already? What, whatever you need to do. <laughs> uh, However you want to process. Uh, BYOD was a mistake, uh, <laughs> enormous mistake, and uh, phones are cheap enough and these devices are cheap enough that uh, companies should provide the ones they want you to use. There you go. I mean, there's a hot take. That's good. I think that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> Do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were going to bring uh, one of our wonderful uh, – we, we got to come up with a better name – one of our domain tools <laughs> – we should have brought Mike in here. Tripped him. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> I have a grievance. Go. Tim, you are in InfoSec, so I'm going to claim this to be an InfoSec grievance. Did you ever watch Mean Girls, Tim? Oh, have you? That's my grievance. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Oh, man. That's why you came after me with that two truths and a lie last week, too. It was just for <laughs> me that I got wrong. <laughs> Stop trying to make that, that happen. <laughs> yeah. Tim watching Mean Girls is not going to happen. I will never watch Titanic. <laughs> you know, Hank made Fetch happen. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> Wait, does Hank actually howl? He does when he wants something. Oh, that's brilliant. Like your credentials. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Hank on April 12th of this year? Was he registering SwedishHank.com? I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I keep, do keep finding fur on my uh, keyboard. That might explain a few things. Finally. You know, it's probably actually, in Hank's defense, it's probably hard to even avoid typoing these things because when you're typing with pause, yeah, that's a little awkward. Actually, on second thought, maybe it's the cat trying to frame Hank. Mm. Oh, false flag. <gasps> Is that why on January 28th of 2022, <laughs> the cat registered online hanking, PNC.com? Is that why? <laughs> More real-time iris. It just never goes away. 
Oh, gosh. On our next episode, <laughs> research into Daniel's dog. <laughs> I like this, though. I think the gold grievances or uh, what was the third one? Um, gold guidance or grievances. Gold guidance or grievances. I think this is good. We should probably do this on more episodes. I'm always going to have the same grievance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll, that's easy. That's a time saver. I am. I just want to come back. I want to make sure you were heard, Taylor. Yeah. I am. Another grievance I have is that you have not seen Titanic. I know you know how it ends, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. The boat, the boat sinks, right? It sinks. <laughs> I'll watch your Gremlin show if you watch Titanic. Don't even, don't even compare them in the same <laughs> sentence. Like, one is Let's look at the box the office numbers. Bring up the Titanic. box office numbers. <laughs> uh, here's a hot take. Gremlins, Christmas movie or not? Oh, Christmas movie. Which one is it? <laughs> how does anybody think that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, by the way? 100% Christmas movie through and through. Absolutely. This is like, this is a ho, ho, ho in the movie. Like, is that is that the threshold that one needs yeah, to if, meet? Yeah, if there's ever a movie where they say ho, 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 it immediately becomes a Christmas movie. It has Christmas music in it. It has Christmas decorations in it. Yep. He says ho, 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 I have a machine gun now. So clearly go. a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's pretty unambiguous. Doesn't it take place at a holiday party? Like, isn't that? Yeah. Absolutely. That's the beginning. That's the yeah. Whole, yeah. And yet ho, ho, ho is the the key piece That's of evidence. That's what puts it over the top for me. <laughs> right? Why when he says, oh, oh, oh I, I go, oh, this is a Christmas movie. You That's... go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I think we're going to have to leave this room. Other, I, I feel Sean, I can hear his pun groans. They're very similar to the one he made at the very beginning of this episode. <laughs> like, just you can hear everything in him deflating. Just, ugh. I think Sean lawnmower puns are going to be, they have to become kind of a staple of the show like dare we call him Sean Deere that really cuts your grass (laughs) (laughs) and out music (laughs) (laughs) well this has been really fun you all to be in person and to, to look into your eyes at the dismay of wordplay, especially you, Sean. Um, but yeah, we, you know, it's a pleasure to have this special episode. And of course, we'll be back. That always sounds, I want to do the Arnold Short, we'll be back um, for another episode. But uh, thanks, y'all. Depending on when you're listening to this, happy holidays. Maybe you can watch a holiday film. Not Die Hard, though. We've, we've clarified that. Uh, <laughs> like Mean Girls. Okay, the podcast <laughs> isn't over. <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> Like, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you so much. Have a uh, happy and safe holiday. Bye-bye, y'all. Thank Bye. you. Bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>